BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Know a lot about golf. We're waiting. And uh, hello again. It's time for us, those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton in the studio. He is Jeff Smith, Golf Magazine Top 100 teacher. Jeff Smith, home. Home again in Indiana, right? So, yeah. Uh, yesterday was a, a long drive from Colorado. I uh, I managed to not hate every second of driving through Kansas. You know those those books on tape and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't do those. But I I did listen to a couple of podcasts yesterday. Just so you know, it's it's not a one day trip. It's it's eighteen hours, and so I left uh, Monday night. I left Colorado, and it was beautiful. The leaves were unbelievable, and all the aspens were going crazy. I woke up Monday morning, and it was cold and rainy and windy, and it just screamed that it's time to go. So Get I, out of Denver, baby. Get out of Denver, right. baby. You got that's it. That's right. Packed it all up, threw it all in the car. Hasta mañana. Let's go. <laughs> and left, left without a care. Man, I got yeah. an email the other day. It's, it's, it's a subject that we have covered before, and maybe it, it bears re- visiting because it seems to be something that a lot of people are concerned about but it was it was debunking golf myths uh-huh and we've like i said we've done it before but it bears repeating because so many of us fall into the trap of thinking these things are important or that they're meaningful or that they do anything to improve your game we'll just visit a few of them that we we have before but again the first one being Throwing grass up to check the wind. That does nothing because unless you're planning on hitting a worm burner, because right. you can't throw that grass more than eight feet from the surface of, of the ground. You know, I don't get the whole throw in the grass thing because literally this ball that we hit, if we hit it well, it's going to be up as high as the top of the trees, mm-hmm. pretty much with all the clubs. So that whole tossing grass thing, even if it's windy down here, it's way more windy up there. So even if you don't have uh, any wind at the tight at the height you throw grass, there's still gonna be wind up there, yeah. blowing around your golf ball. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. I don't get that. I mean, why not just look at the tops of the trees? If that's where your ball's gonna be, why not just look at the tops of the trees? And if you're playing out in Arizona where there aren't any trees and the cactuses don't move, 
right? <laughs> you know, then, okay, maybe there's, there's some validity in that. Um, you know, I just, I just don't know. I'm yeah, not sure. Wind at the ground level is, is blocked by trees. It's blocked by houses. It's blocked by buildings. Uh, a lot of times too, it, it's swirling and it is actually blowing in a different direction than the air just 20, 30 feet above your head. Yeah. So I think that's a difficult way of trying to figure it out. Look, if it's a, if it's overall a pretty windy day, your pants are flapping, right? <laughs> of course, you know, even yours, John, the funny pants, those are even flapping a little bit, right? The yeah. plaids, you know? <laughs> so when you see that and you see the flag sticks moving, and, you know, you see the trees and the leaves and all that. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's just, um, it is what it is. Yeah. You, you just look at it and you're like, okay. You, but the the whole when you can't see it thing, how are you going to identify it? I get it. There is even these little handheld wind metering things. I don't know what the heck they're actually called, but you know, a windometer or whatever that, I don't know. I just made that <laughs> word out. Um, but, you know, it's just one of those, one of those things where you look at it and you're like, all right, so let's hope there's not a lot of wind up there. Overall, if it's a gusty day, you can kind of time the gusts, you know, four or five seconds apart kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So th- that would be one that you could pay attention to, but I don't know about the whole throwing the grass up thing. Yeah. How, how strong does wind have to be to actually, affect a golf ball's flight you know i don't really know but i'm guessing you know five to six seven miles an hour could affect it some right it's it's you know i I guess if you're hitting a wedge and it's moving you know it's a floater it's not piercing right and it's into a crosswind i'm sure that that would get blown around a little bit more than if you hit a piercing shot at the same wind speed you know true yeah i think ball speed and wind speed, you know, I don't think the wind is really going to affect a fast-moving ball nearly as much as the slow-moving ball. Speaking of wedges, something else that that a lot of us um, get wrong, another myth that uh, can be dispelled, is we watch the guys on TV with their wedge shots, and they take these long swaths of ground after (laughs) and the pelt the pelt and and many of us think that that's the secret to getting all of that spin and we hit down on it all right down on it the hitting down on a bit (laughs) all right so let's just let's cut to the chase yeah the clubs in the air and the balls on the ground so (laughs) Even if I took a low backswing and the club's back off, off the ground any, and it gets to the bottom of the ball, I'm hitting down on it. Right, <laughs> it, The angle of the club head is moving down to the bottom of the golf ball. So let's, let's just not overgeneralize that thing because down can be anywhere from a half a degree down to 90 degrees down, can't yeah. it? Yeah. So let's, let's not – Let's not go there. Let's just say, hey, guess what? We're going to be getting to the club to the bottom of the ball. That would be a better way of saying something. 
So is there no swing secret to putting the spin on the ball? Is it, is it oh, yes, other there is. than getting your grooves right? Well, there's the loft of the club at impact. And then there's the angle that the club is moving downward at the same time. There's the difference between the two. So let's just picture in our head that we've got the loft of the club is five degrees. I know, folks, that's not. All right, let's talk, let's talk about it, 10 degrees because that's a driver. Okay? okay. All right, the 10 degrees of loft at the time I hit the ball. And let's say that I was moving it five degrees downward. There's a thing there, 15 degrees, right? Yeah, that's what the math the would thing's say. Things facing yeah. up 10 degrees and moving down five degrees. So that's about a 15 degree thing there. But the difference between the two is what we're talking about. And that's what creates spin. Now, a lot of times we talk about spin is being created by the difference between the angle of the face, in this case, 10 degrees up, and the traveling direction of the club, in this case, five degrees down. So the difference there, right, is we've got five degrees of difference in the facing up and traveling down bit. And that's what creates spin is the difference between the angle of the face and where it's pointed at the time and where the club is traveling. And that's what creates spin. But most of the time we have this conversation, it's about the side to side spin, the left and rightness of it. Like the face angle is pointed 10 degrees to the right and moving five degrees to the left. Right. And you look at that and go, oh my God. I can understand why that ball's spinning. Yeah. But if you just flip that and went to the vertical version of that, that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah. And but let's 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 move up the bag though. Let's let's move to wedges because that's that we how many of us would love to be able to hit one of those shots like we see on TV where it hits the green and backs up. Yeah. I mean, that's some serious spin and what what's the secret to doing that if there is a secret other than just hitting well, it? Well, right? that's what we're talking about, right? You okay. you have a wedge in your hand, and let's say that you're delivering your 55 degree wedge to the ball, but you're moving it five degrees downward. Okay. That's more spin than if you have your 55 degrees and you're moving it level to the ground. Okay. So this whole thing about remember, we used to back in the day, we used to think of it as pinching the ball. Yeah. Right. Well, we actually thought the ground was so hard and the face was so hard that the ball actually compressed against the ground and the club face and squirted it out of there <laughs> like you're popping a zit on your face or something. <laughs> like, you know, hard surface on one side, hard surface on the other, and they're colliding together and squashing the golf ball and squirting it out. Yeah. That's what we had in our head. Yeah. And in fact, the ball is off the face so fast that that's not even close to being possible. Not to mention the ground is not as hard as a golf ball. Anyway, um, but anyway, some of the things um, is, is this. The, it's the angle of the club traveling versus the angle of the club facing. As soon as it strikes the ball, the, the club itself compresses the cover on the ball you know those soft balls that have spin a lot mm -hmm. you know the pro mm -hmm. and such that they spin a lot 
because the cover is soft enough that that's the part of the golf ball that gets compressed at that one little millisecond. And then you got these grooves on the face and in the face, and that grabs that that uh, cover, and the ball starts to rotate and spin. There you so go. So that's what we've got in the elements of spin is that friction from face to cover of the golf ball. Cool. Which is why those people out there who play these rock-hard golf balls, they can't spin it around the greens, and they have, man, how do I hit that shot? I'm like, well, the first thing you got to do is not play that ball. <laughs> Get a better ball, buddy. And how many times have you heard someone say, hey, tee it high, let it fly? We're yeah, going right. to check and see if that is indeed the way to go when we come right back. Hang out. We are those weekend golf guys. If you're used to doing some business on the golf course, we have another group for you on Facebook. It's called the Back Nine Advisory Board. It's a bunch of people who just share ideas on how to do business better while playing golf. The Back Nine Advisory Board. I'm going to confess to you right now, when we started this business, I had no idea what I was doing other than the fact that I was good on the radio and I knew how to play golf and I had this great co-host and then it came down to the nitty gritty when I had to like keep records, accounting, all the things that you have to do when you run a business and it was like, "Uh, what am I doing? So I did a little research and I found that there was this one program that, that took care of everything I needed and was easy to learn and it helped me out. It's called NetSuite. And we've been using it for about about five years now. We were doing everything manually, and it took forever. It took forever. And once we got a little bit bigger than just me and Jeff, well, we started to see the cracks emerging. And and things that we used to be able to do in a day took a week, maybe, you know, a couple weeks. Everything was manual, and we didn't have just one source to open up and see where we were. If this sounds like you and your business, you should know three numbers, 36,000, 25, and 1. What are they? Okay, well, 36,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. 25, well, that NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less. Close the books in days, not weeks, and drive down their costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, that's key performance indicators, I learned that, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve your margins. That's the best part. Everything you need, all in one place. And right now, you can download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist. It's designed to give you consistently excellent performance, absolutely free, at netsuite.com slash golfguys. That's netsuite.com slash golfguys to get your own KPI checklist for free. netsuite.com slash golfguys. At Audi, expectations matter. It's why what's standard on every Audi SUV are features that exceed yours. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. We're back to those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. You did a, a video that's going to be on golf.com soon about T height. Yeah. And stuff like that, didn't you? 
That's right, I did. So I made a little video that involves the height of the T and the angle of attack, which in the last segment we talked about spin. This mm-hmm. can help negate that spin because now I'm going to move the club upward into the ball. So that's going to be reducing that friction. So I've got degrees of loft on the driver, and there's a point where if I wanted to hit it lower, I would move the ball to the lowest part of the arc of the swing as it comes through. So that way the club is coming through the most level. Mm -hmm. And then I only have the loft of the club to deal with. So let's say I've got a nine degree driver and I hit it at the club striking the ball at level swing. Now, all of a sudden, I've only got nine degrees of launch angle, and it doesn't spin a whole lot. Right. Then, if I wanted to tee it high and move it forward, I would be then hitting it on the upswing. So I'd be delivering loft to the club while the club's moving upward instead of downward or level, and then I'm reducing spin even more. So now the the angle of attack of the club coming into the golf ball is now moving up instead of down or level. I don't spin the ball very much and I can tee that high and I can launch it high and it comes off with less spin. And you know what happens then? No, what happens? It flies a lot further. It flies a lot further. Okay. It flies a lot further. And then it rolls a lot more. Okay. So when do I want that to happen? Oh, most of the time. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And, uh, and when do I want that to really happen? When I'm teeing it up on a, where the tee box is higher than the fairway, you know, let's say mountain golf, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And when the wind is at my back. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Not the wind at level when you throw the Uh grass up in the air, but the wind Mm -hmm. where the ball's going to go way up high. You know what? So there's interesting, you know, we, we talk to like tour players, they, they talk about their shots and the good players talk about their shots and they've got a stock shot. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's the big high bomb for the most part. Right. But then they alter the shot because they know something else needs to happen. Like they need to get it on the ground and get it out of the wind. You know, so they want it to, they want a little lower trajectory and they can't just go, you know, getting out their wrench and cranking their head down a couple degrees <laughs> like a lot of the amateurs try to do. They're not going to do that. So they tee it down a little bit, swing a bit more level, and the ball launches a little lower. And next thing you know, they have this lower penetrating drive as opposed to a higher penetrating drive. And lo and behold, everybody's happy. That would be be something to be yeah. able to do is if the wind were blowing at you, would it not? Or across to you. Okay. And you didn't want the ball to get affected very much. Okay. Right. It's a shot for the situation. Gotcha. And we're trying to play the shot that this situation calls for to get the best out. Right. And people go, wait a minute, but if 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 the lower one doesn't go as far as the higher one, why would I ever want that? Like, well, because the wind messes with your ball when it's way up high in the, in the air. Yeah. So if we don't have a lot of wind or we have it at our back, we're okay with launching it pretty darn high, right? Mm-hmm. 
which is quite a bit of the time. Right? Yeah, but I mean, ride when, the wind, buddy. That's what it's there but for. But when the wind is going to be there in affecting your golf ball in a negative way, we're trying to avoid that problem. We're trying to keep the ball that penetrates the wind. And do we give up distance on that? Not necessarily so. Depends on what the conditions are upon landing, mm-hmm. right? Still got to carry the bunker. Still got to carry the water hazard because they don't they don't roll out of those, right? Right. But it's possible that we think of it in terms of we're avoiding the potential for trouble in one way or another. It's kind of part of playing the game. But those people who think, well, I would never hit that shot, will probably lose on a windy day. Yeah. And and it doesn't yeah. have to be a windy day in order for the wind to affect your shot. Um, it that's the thing is that you got to be a good judge of how to play the game yeah. and figure out what is this wind? Is it hurting? Is it not hurting? Is it helping? Yeah. Or is it not a factor? <laughs> is it benign? <laughs> yeah. Right. If the wind is not going to be affecting my golf ball very much, then I'm just going to go ahead and play that normal big high bomb. Right. Right. But if the wind is going to be a factor in my golf ball flight, I have to now reconsider. So there's different ways of playing it. So it's, it's, you know, you've got to think a little bit and choose the, the club you want to hit. So. In, in most amateurs pre-golf routine, I would, I would say um, I'm not going to make up a percentage because those those don't mean anything, but the majority of us in a pre-shot routine do not include looking at where the wind is. We may include throwing the grass up, which does nothing. We have already established that. But just checking the surroundings. I mean, look look at the birds who are not flapping their wings. What direction are they flying in? Because they're riding the wind when they do that. They're yes. gliding in the direction the wind is blowing. Look at the trees around you. You know, and if you're not playing a lynx course, there are going to be plenty of trees to check. Uh, if you are playing a lynx course, they probably have that long grass, that fescue that's sticking yeah. up. You can watch that flop around. Watch that flop around. And another thing is, look at the flag. Most clubhouses have a flag, a very large American flag flying. Yeah. Look at where that flag is going. Because that's totally re- indicative of where the wind is. Yeah. I mean, there are many, many ways to tell. I mean, you ask anybody who who sails on a regular basis that, you know, the wind direction at ground level is nothing indicative of what the wind direction above you is. A lot of times you get swirling winds and stuff like that. So you got to uh, yeah. work that into your pre-shot routine where you actually check at altitude where the wind is blowing. And there are many ways to do that. But um, the other thing is, so, so what you're saying then is wind not being a component of this, although it, it would be taken into consideration, teeing it high uh, is a way to get the ball further down the fairway because you have less spin and more roll. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people who say to me, I don't want my ball going that high. Okay. 
maybe because how their ball got that high was because it was started a little low and then climbed sharply high because the ball was spinning an awful lot, which means it drops down straighter to the ground as opposed to on a shallow angle. Mm-hmm. And the one that drops straight down doesn't go anywhere. Right. It doesn't bound forward. But when I get people to launch it high without a lot of spin, all of a sudden it comes down at a shallower to the ground angle and bounces forward and gets a ton of roll. And what they see is a huge difference between the one that they didn't like that launched low and climbed high and fell down straight. And then the one that launched high and had a long peak at the top where it was just keeps traveling forward up high. That's the one that they can, you know, you could basically build a, build a, a, a Walmart between those two golf balls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A super Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's the thing, because we watch on TV and everybody says, you know, we, we watch, pick pick a, a name of any PGA Tour Pro, and we watch their drives, which are, you know, in the air, 280. <laughs> I wonder how the hell they do that. But then when they hit the ground, they keep rolling. And it's not because they're playing downhill holes. They just keep rolling out and it's because of the the way they they hit the monster drives they're they're big shots with teed up a little bit higher a little bit more forward than most of us put it in this our stance and they get they get that roll out they get that distance extra distance instead of coming down and plugging it which a lot of us do when we hit a high drive yeah that's right yeah I don't like those that fall down and plug. Nobody is happy about those. <laughs> Especially when you go to where you think the ball landed and you can't find it. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. the, losing a ball in the middle of the fairway is probably the single most frustrating part of this game. But let me ask you a question. How many times have you been told, keep your head down? <laughs> we're we're going to address that and the... Uh, the, the pros and cons of worrying about that when we come right back because we're going to do that and we're dispelling some golf myths right here for those weekend golf guys hang out well of course we have a facebook page it's facebook.com slash golf guys go there and follow us like us please are you listening to the Approach Shot Podcast? If not, here's what you've been missing. Our guest today, Dan Marino's favorite receiver, OJ McDuffie with us. And by the way, that's on the internet. And if it's on the internet, it's obviously true. I, I put that on the internet. That's why, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> Marino's in there scratching it. <laughs> right. As was Clayton and Duper. Download an episode or two of the Approach Shot today at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts. And find us on the web at ApproachShot.net. And if you're one of those companies that stayed open during COVID, I have some great news for you. Government funds are available to reward companies who stayed open during that challenging time. It's not a loan. You don't have to pay it back. Your hard work to stay open could qualify you for up to $26,000 per employee at refundsasap.com. That's refundsasap.com. You heard that right. Up to $26,000 per employee. 
This program is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the tax experts at refundsasap.com. You pay nothing up front. They do all the work. Then they share a percentage of the cash they get you. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, including those who took PPP loans. If you have five or more employees, let refundsasap.com help you get up to $26,000 per employee. Visit refundsasap.com. That's refundsasap.com. Refundsasap.com. Expectations matter. What do you expect from an SUV? Versatility? A range of sizes built to fit your life? A range of exteriors that all invite stairs? Or being able to take control of more than just the wheel? Expectations matter, but exceeding them matters more. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. It is us again. We're here. Close Weekend Golf Guys. I'm John Ashton. He, of course, Jeff Smith. Golf Magazine Top 100 Teacher Jeff Smith. Like we asked at the break, how many times have you been told, keep your head down? Or even keep your head still. A lot of times, you know, somebody hits a bad drive or a bad shot, and they top the ball and they hit a, a worm burner or they chunk it or whatever, and they go, ah, I, li- I picked up. I lifted uh, yeah. up. I looked up. You, you look up to, to watch a bad golf shot and you will see one. Yeah, something like that. I yeah. mean, there's a there's all kinds of versions of that. All you're ever going to see when you look up is a bad shot or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, right. whatever that whole family of stupid stuff that's all related to the moronic stuff about stay down, keep your head down. I'm like, yeah. oh come on. I mean, it's a it's a question of posture, right? It's a question of intent. Okay. What we see is people rising up out of their postures, but yet we watch tour players do that same thing. It's a matter of when. Here we are talking about a downswing that for the average Joe takes a third of a second. And then they're going to be standing up at the end. And you're like, wait a second. How are we supposed to try to not raise up while raising up? (laughs) Oh, no, it's got to start at a certain point. Like they're under control of that. But there are ways to control it. Okay. If, in fact, that's actually the problem. But we all know with the average Joe... They don't know what the problem really is, so they're assuming that it's that because they've just heard and have it burned into their skull that coming up out of your posture, so to speak, is the scourge of the earth. And it may be for one player or another, but that doesn't mean that it is for everybody and that it's this epidemic out there. They like, they like to call it early extension now. Oh. We used to just commonly call this coming out of your posture. Mm-hmm. I didn't stay down on it, right? Now they yeah. call it early extension. And I hear other teachers talking about this, and I say, okay, what's on time extension? <laughs> what's late extension? Mm-hmm. If, if, if early is terrible, define early. 
for every player. Because we see it coming up on, on, on the PGA Tour. If you kept Lexi Thompson or Justin Thomas, if you stopped them from doing it, would they still be notable golfers? Because that's part of how they do it. So you, you look at it and you're like, okay, so should this should this be something that we all pay attention to or should this be something that we only pay attention to if in fact it's actually a problem? <laughs> but as the average, the average Joe goes, he didn't even know. You know, mm. he didn't even know. Right, right. So I don't know. I just, I, I deal with it on a case by case basis. Okay, Sometimes but- I deal with it. Like when I give a, a good little talk to a group of students and I talk to them all about this topic that they hear about, you know, like at the club level, do you do an interview and you say, okay, early extension, let's talk about it. Is it bad? Like, wait a second. There are people out there that succeed with extending that way. And there are people out there that, that fail with extending that way. So let's not talk about it like it's going to negatively affect everybody. So I have these conversations with club members and do this little talk to the pro thing so that they understand let's, let's customize your, your golf swing and let's customize your thoughts about your golf swing. So that way nobody just says, Oh, you hit a bad shot. You must have looked up. You need to stay down more, right? Let's not go through that. Yeah, because, I mean, you, we have mentioned multiple times on the show, and you have seen it multiple times, whether you notice it or not, but the head moves. Try, try uh, actually your head moves. Try actually swinging a golf club, keeping your head totally immobile, and you will have the funkiest swing you've ever swung because your body just doesn't move that way. Yes. Is it, it- a a problem with people setting up, maybe bending over too much. And then when they swing, their body goes back to where it should be. And they have lifted the body up a little bit. You know, it's, it's possible, but there's people who have been over the appropriate amount mm-hmm. and they still move up because it's their source of power. Okay. So let's not think that we move up because we were too low. Because if we think that way, then we'll just stand straight up. Yeah. And then there's no loading. There's no coiling up of the body. There's no explosive possibilities. They're gone. Okay. Let's look at it this way. If we're riding a bicycle and the knee that's up on one side of the bicycle is never up. It's always down. How could I push it down anymore? How could I generate any of that force that propels me? I can't. It has to be up. It has to be bent. It has to be coiled up and loaded to explode, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Otherwise, it cannot extend downward. Yeah. So we can't get caught in the thought of, well, I won't early extend if I just stand taller because the only reason I'm early extending coming out of my posture is because I bent over too much. Hold on a second there, big boy. 
Is Justin Thomas bent over too much at a dress? Is that why he rises up? How about Lexi Thompson? Is she? Who's to tell those people that they use that as their source of power? How about the people who get to the top of their backswing and then they lower themselves beyond where they were? And then they explode up and through. Are we going to tell those people that they're too low? And that's why they did it. No, we're, we're not. Because we wouldn't want to steal their source of power. Now, would we? So maybe just borrow. Let's not go there either, folks. Let's not go there either. Let's not call it a problem when it might not be a problem. Because as soon as we decide that it's a problem, then we start to look for the solution. But sometimes the solution to an imaginary problem is a problem in and of itself. Yeah, it creates more problems. So what what is it that we're doing when we think we hit a bad shot because we think we've picked up, looked up, <laughs> well, moved up? It's very possible. I mean, just the bad shot thing, right? Let's just say the club head didn't get to the bottom of the ball. Right. Right. And you hit it thin, toppy, so to speak. Mm-hmm. People say it's because I came up. It's also partly because maybe their arms didn't send the club head all the way down. I have a wonderful little video that I show for people that I, I record it and then I put it up to in their, their golf lesson thing when they're assuming that they came up in their golf swing, but the club because the club head never got to the bottom of the ball. Well, I'll stay in my posture and swing the club head down, but I'll pull my arms up a little bit, you know, alligator arms it a little bit where they're a little closer and tighter to the body, the elbows bend a little, yeah. and the club head never gets to the ground, but my posture never changed. Okay. And then I go do the other one where I stand straight up in my posture and I actually throw the club head all the way to the ground and it still hits the ground. And, and I just look at him and go, okay, so did I rise up during that golf swing? And I go, oh, yeah, you rised up a lot. I said, didn't you hear the club hit the ground? Oh, yeah. I'm like, guess what? The arms are a bigger factor here in that thing that you hit it thin or toppy than the posture can be. Okay. And I record that whole thing for them and I put it up on their, their end of the lesson thing so that it burns it into their brain that it is possible to not hit the ground because of a different reason than coming up out of your posture. And it's also possible to hit the ground while coming up out of your posture. So let's not make as big a deal of that as we can. So then the problem may be in the arms. Down. Little Might T-Rex arm action. That's right. And that's what I tell people. Like, look, you're you're like a dachshund or a T Rex. Little yeah. teeny leg. <laughs> all tight to the body. They're close to the chest, right? But you know, it, it's everybody has their own issues, and they all try to look for these broad things. Like, oh, I just got to keep my head down. I got to stay down on it. That's why it happened. They're they're in this reach back between the cheeks and pull out the answer thing so fast, <laughs> yeah. right? It's it. They're always pulling out the same answer. Yeah, you know. The guess what? One. I think I, I think that space back there they're pulling out of there doesn't have anything good in there. <laughs> That's what I think is going on, right? Yeah, yeah. So the misdiagnosis problem that's going on out there is huge. It happens so fast, and it tells me when when I see players doing that in in golf lessons that they hit a shot and they instantly tell me what they sure they did. It tells me what their concept is. Yeah. 
And so the first thing I talk to them about is their concept. Because if they continue to do that terrible thing to themselves, then they're in for a lifetime of misery in golf because they're always guessing poorly. Yeah. And when you <laughs> guess, like like Jeff said earlier, if, if you guess wrong um, or you, you assign the wrong problem, then the solution is also going to be wrong. And you're just going to make yourself worse off than you started with. So, hey, take a lesson. Figure out what you're doing. We'll be right back. We are those weekend golf guys. If you're fed up with your credit card's high interest rates and your balances are so out of control that they never seem to go down, one call to Consolidated Credit can get the relief you need. Consolidated Credit has helped over 6 million people with credit card debt, and their certified credit counselors are ready to help you. They can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast without destroying your credit. The program works, and the consultation is free. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800 800- 214-3104 800-214-3104 That's 800-214-3104 Consolidated Credit Solutions Inc. 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard Fort Lauderdale, Florida 33313 Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation Maryland DM 1492 Oregon DM 80092 Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation Commission License Number DC83 Service may adversely affect the individual's credit Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity including legal action not a loan company and we are here those weekend golf guys i'm john ashton he is jeff smith jeff smith golfinstruction.com you want to get one of those videos that he talked about he'll he'll send you one let you know uh if you're coming up out of it or not or not or if it matters yeah if you got the little t-rex arms things going on do you have any routines that that can help someone practice not changing their arm angle if that's the correct way of putting it or not sure. not bending their elbows or or what 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 can you do to make sure that's not what you're doing oh it's the simplest thing ever okay take away the ball okay make practice swings that skim and scuff the ground and finish in balance facing their target okay if you remove the golf ball you remove intent and then you'll find out, does this motion in my physical structure work? Will it get the club to the ground? Can I skim and scuff the ground from the posture that I'm standing and the athletic motion that I'm using? And if that's the case, now can we do it faster? Then we can check on the angles in which it comes in. But if I can stand there and make golf swings and they're skimming and scuffing the ground, and then I can step up the speed of that, and they still skim and scuff the ground. I'm in pretty good shape mm-hmm. as far as a movement. If yeah. I need it to come in from a different angle, okay, we'll deal with that. We'll change something that changes the angle. But if I can't touch the ground in a practice swing with no ball, the first thing I'm going to have people do is touch the ground in a practice win with no ball. Right. Because if they're not succeeding there when there's no intent to hit a ball at a target, they're sure as heck not going to succeed when there is a ball there and then there's intent and a target. So I want them to feel their most natural athletic swing while it skims and scuffs the ground. And if they're not doing that, now we got to wonder why. 
Are they afraid of the ground? Is that a concept issue? Oh, God, I want to be the superintendent's best friend. I don't know who he is, but I want to be his best friend. You know, right? Here's a thought. If it's skimming and scuffing, you're his his best friend. If it's trenching and throwing out beaver pelts, you're not. No. Grass will grow back unless, of course, you unearth it. (laughs) If you're the excavator, nobody likes you. Right. If that's your whole goal is to be liked by other people that you'll never know on the golf course. I don't want to create these ankle breaker divots. Nobody does. Yeah. We're just not after piercing the ground that much. We're after thumping the ground. Mm -hmm. We're after skimming and scuffing hard and we're scalping the tops of the grass off. Okay. That'll still grow back. Don't worry. We have grass seed, water and fertilizer at golf courses, folks. We'll grow more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, do what you will. We'll make more. No problem. But, you know, I've heard people tell me in golf lessons that they're afraid of hitting the ground because they're afraid of the uh, the vibration, mm-hmm. the, the shock of it. Okay. So what I do is I grab their club and I tomahawk chop the ground straight down into the ground with full force. And I'll say, guess what? My club is just now skimming on the ground. That blow that I just gave the ground did not send vibrations up to me. That's the most direct blow to the ground you can get. But these ones that come through on this shallow skimming angle are certainly not going to provide that kind of shock. And they look at me and like, that makes a lot of sense. So I get them to do it. The tomahawk chops straight into the ground. And I ask them, what did you feel? And the answer invariably is nothing. Like right. good. Then this other one won't either. Yes. And they look Don't at me worry like about it. Gotcha. Yes. Yes. What what is the difference? Because again, you watch amateurs play, you watch, you know, recreational golfers play, you watch the pros play. Some guys take a divot on every swing, others don't. Yeah. Look, you can just scuff and skim the ground and still hit a flush golf shot. Yes, you can. I do it all the time. I don't take divots. A lot of people don't understand the the small difference between actually taking a chunk out of the ground and not is a handful of degrees in depth. Not Mm -hmm. necessarily the angle that it came in. It's how low did it get. Right. That's why I just tell people to skim and scuff the ground and practice so that way they feel what's What's the right depth to yeah. get where right. it doesn't pierce the, the layer of the ground. You know, we're just, we're not trying to be so deep that we're taking these ankle breaking beaver pelt throwing divots. Yeah. And I mean, and you have to make sure that, that during the swing, that divot comes after contact with the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Not during or before. Yeah, exactly. That's a landing spot problem folks. Yeah. As in where did it land? <laughs> you know, that club's in the air and it's coming into the ground. Where did it actually land? And if it's behind the golf ball, nobody's happy. No. <laughs> no, the golf ball did not go very far at all. Usually it's when it's right in front of a pond. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. And then you're dead in the middle of it going, hmm. <laughs> yes. And honestly, most often that that right there is a confidence issue. When it happens in locations that the ball could get lost. Right. Right. That's usually what that is. And then sometimes it's those, 
it happens a lot when people are at the short game area, when they haven't practiced their short game enough. And then they just stick the club into the ground behind the ball. It goes about six inches. And then they're standing there going, I only was trying to hit it 10 yards or 10 feet or whatever. Right. And some part of their body locks up, you know, because their brain wasn't confident enough to, to hit a bunch of those shots to go, Oh, I can see how easy it is just brushing the ground. Yeah. Because they don't practice them very much. And the confidence level is low. The stress level is high. And they hit the little fatty. Again, your your brain is messing with you. Yeah, the mind is, is a terrible thing. Which is a whole a whole new show we could do, and we will in a couple more weeks. But the yeah. fact of, of – or actually, we had Debbie O'Connell, who is a sports psychologist, uh, on about – but two, three weeks ago, you can go back to those weekendgolfguys.com and check that one out if you want to, or uh, any of your favorite uh, the podcast download sites, because this uh, program is available everywhere. Um, so whatever your favorite podcast place is, you can find it and you will be uh, rewarded with much better shots in the future. By listening to some of the stuff. I mean, we have over 370 episodes in the can on the shelf, wherever you want to call it. It's, it's a, isn't it amazing how we can just store those things now? I know, man. It's great. Yeah. Everything we said for the last 11 years is, is immortalized. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which is sometimes good. And sometimes not, you know, yeah. depends on how well you you were how good you were doing at the editing of my stuff, but I'm just blurting out. <laughs> yeah, right? whole, don't don't quote me on that, you know. <laughs> yeah. We, we have, have a past. Yeah. Please tell me you have <laughs> you've upheld your end of the bargain on that so I don't lose my career. <laughs> but again, uh you can check out some of his stuff uh, at golf.com. You can check out some of his stuff in golf magazine. He is one of golf magazine's top 100 instructors. Uh, you can go to jeffsmithgolfinstruction.com anytime you want to and check it out. Also, um, you know, we, we've got a special thing where you can get copies or, or uh, episodes without any commercial interruption and maybe even get a link to watch the video because we, we record this on Zoom uh, so we can see each other when we do this. So if you want to watch the video and listen to the show without any commercial interruption, you can do that simply by becoming a uh, subscriber to the show. Um, just just go to thoseweekendgolfguys.com, uh, click on subscribe, and you can get it. Or we'll give you a, a, a link at thoseweekendgolfguys.com where you can go and subscribe to the show and get it commercial-free with uh, links to the video so you can see our glorious faces. Um which means you're going to have to start getting dressed to do this, Jeff. So, <laughs> you know, shirt's not good enough. <laughs> as long as you're not walking away. <laughs> <laughs> it's like those TV news people who are all shirt and tie and jacket. And then, you know, gym shorts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it hilarious. gets hot in those yeah. studios. So, yeah. It's hilarious, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But anyhow, that that's what you need to do uh, if if you want that, and and all you need to do if if you want to um, get your name uh, on on the show or have a specific problem that you're having addressed by Jeff, is just ask, okay? Uh, just send us an email. Send it to John at thoseweekendgolfguys.com or to Jeff at thoseweekendgolfguys.com. 
and we will address the you know, the situation, your situation, um, on the show. And uh, we can, of course, change the name if you want to be embarrassed about admitting that you have that particular problem. But anyhow, just uh, just let us know. Check us check us out thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Hope that this has uh, been very instructive for you. These are myths that you can just forget about the next time you go out to play some golf. At Audi, expectations matter. It's why what's standard on every Audi SUV are features that exceed yours. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica, empathy is our best policy. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths and where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.mx slash you know. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.